0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child Well, uh, that was a that was a funky little jam that wasn't the usual. On to the next one, uh, music as as our usual listeners will will probably note, uh, we've got a bit of a change this week. Uh, that 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 we so, well first first uh, Mike Hack is not available right now. I will get into that later, but that music was by our special guest today, our special co-host MMA fighting's own Stephen Morocco. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Stephen. Absolutely, uh, the B team is happy to be here. <laughs> no, this is. It's all a teams, at MMA. Every configuration is an A-team. It's just a different kind of A-team. So, uh, yes, as I said at the top of the show, uh, uh, Mike is having a, a well-deserved vacation. Uh, I think anyone who's been following MMA Fighting Programming for the last couple days has noticed it's just been kind of me and Casey handling some of the preview stuff and Q&As and post-fight stuff. And I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Love working with Casey. But again, Casey also needs a day off. So uh, I, I was, I'm happy to bring in Steven here. Again, I would say rewind, listen to that music at the top of the show. Get yourself in the mood, people, because we have surprisingly a lot to talk about regarding Saturday's UFC Vegas 34 card, headlined by uh, Jared Kenner and uh, Calvin Gaslam. Oh, another one of these fight nights we've had recently, flying under the radar, but fairly eventful. You guys certainly sent in a lot of suggestions. I thought it was a pretty fun card, uh, Steven, I don't know what was your what was your assessment. I was just
0: about to say, do we? You said we have a lot to talk about, and I and I thought, do we? Because <laughs> I mean, I I really kind of expected uh, you to say this is like that card that happened. You know, this is a card that happened. UFC Vegas 34, meeting our broadcast obligations. Um, It's not that it wasn't a good card. Maybe it was colored by my emotional memory of it, which is covering it from my mother-in-law's sewing room. Um, It's not the usual setup I have, but when you're having transportation issues and you can't get home, it's what happens. So I was cramped. I was somewhat irritable. I wanted it to end just because I wanted to get home. So maybe my emotional memory is coloring this. But if people have suggestions, if people want to talk about this and, you know, chop it up, I'm here for it. Are you're hearing this, uh, this
1: man, rain or shine, home or away, his house or mother's, mother-in-law? Mother, mother-in-law? Mother-in-law's. Mother-in-law's, in-law's house. This man gets his work done, and I also, Mike Stephen Stephen. I'm glad you say that. that you said that I, I just called you Mike. That's gonna you happen. Did, yeah, Tw- we're that's gonna happen. Start. That's gonna happen thirty times during the show. Uh, Stephen, I'm 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 glad you said that though, because uh, some of our listeners uh, were like were like heard uh, Casey and I in the post fight show, and we're kind of like, we weren't like brimming with enthusiasm. It was it was something like three one uh, thirty uh, in the morning, past one thirty in the morning Eastern time. We've been watching fights for seven eight hours. Um, and people were not we're working. We're working when we're watching fights. Or we're, we're in a, you said you were in a closet, you said? <laughs> sewing sewing
0: room. I was in a sewing room. You were in a sewing room. There was a baby crib yes. behind me. There was, <laughs> I had my laptop uncomfortably shoved onto the same table as the sewer, mm. And so it wasn't fully on the table. And so I could never fully get comfortable. That's what I'm saying. I was also right. surrounded by yarn. <laughs> that is he guys, he was surrounded by yarn. This isn't
1: people. I know what you think. Oh, it's a a fun fight night. I was just kicking back with the boys and, or my family and with a cold one and just having a good time reclining. That's not what the fight night experience is like for us. It's still enjoyable. I mean, we love watching fights for a living. It's a great job, but it's, there's a little more, it's, it's less ideal fun having circumstances, but we still have fun. I had a lot of fun on Saturday, Stephen. Uh, I thought it was, like I said, you may have said it best. It was a card that happened. But there there are some good happenings, and we'll you know what we'll we'll talk about it as we go through the fights. Stephen, do you have your matchmaker hat on?
0: I do. I just put it
1: on actually. You just put it on, okay? Because everyone knows you're you're a fine journalist, great reporter, a great writer, a great man. But are you? But are you? But are you a great matchmaker? That no, is well- <laughs>
0: I think that's what people are going to find out. Like, questions? Questions? I don't shut this it is down. Not my bag. This is your <laughs> sure. guy's bag. I'm the B team. I'm the replacement squad. Steven, I'm the replacements. Stephen. There, <laughs> there, no, there.
1: There are no wrong answers until I say that they are. But before yes. that happens, everything is no
0: small actors only. Uh, no, no small parts only small actors. That's correct. All right, let's talk about the main event. Solid fight. A fight that happened at
1: uh, two middleweight contenders. Two guys yes. not. Close, not one fight away from title shot. Cannoneer no. certainly closer than Gaslam, um, and maybe now one fight away. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's kind of we're here to determine on this show. So uh, he wins a solid unanimous decision, takes three out of two, uh, three out of the five rounds. I think most people agree. There's, I saw a few uh, arguments for Gaslam, which I don't have a problem with. It was a close fight. Uh, but Stephen, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you hit lead off here. Let's just let's just get it going right off the bat. What do you think is next for the winner, Jared Cannoneer?
0: Well. <laughs> I think whatever suggestion I was gonna have is colored by his post-fight interview, which is talking about his financial (laughs) situation. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys addressed this after you saw it because obviously we're getting another fighter, you know, who's in a prominent position saying I'm broke, not the greatest look, brings up a bunch of questions. Um, So, you know, ordinarily I would say, and I still might say this, the winner of Till and Brunson like that just seems you know pretty logical um that fight is happening next month the timeline kind of works out but if he is broke and he needs money then it's a question of what fight he takes that's exciting to him and also he feels is winnable because he's not going to want to sacrifice his his position in the line and it's pretty fraught at this point because he's at the point in his career where he is fighting top guys. He's probably, you know, even if he might not have all the money left over, he's, he's probably getting paid more. Um, and the, the, the gist of it is there are not many easy fights the, the higher you get. So I had an out of left field suggestion uh for a fight that I think would keep him busy and would be fun. Yes. Dude. And that is Zach Cummings. Oh. And why do I say that? Why would I say that? I explain feel explain like, yourself. Explain yourself, Stephen. In putting explain on yourself. my matchmaking hat, like uh-huh. I don't know if you guys think of it this way, but it's like you think of it as like, well, here's a fight he should take, here's the fight that he will take, or the, here's a fight that you know, that that seems like a fight that could actually happen. Like there are fights that are logical that that should happen like till and uh, winner of till versus brunson that seems logical to me in a very competitive from a competitive standpoint but that doesn't always apply here you know for a variety of different reasons so i thought he would take that fight because that's an exciting matchup because he thinks it's winnable and because it will basically keep him keep the income uh the revenue coming in so uh I didn't, you know, there are more Zach Cummings out there in the middleweight division. This yeah. was the one that I pulled out of the sure, sure. But the, the gist of it was that the, 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 the challenge for him is you're going to need to find a fight that he feels is winnable and will keep him busy. So that was one of the ideas that I have. If we're going to keep him busy, not have him wait, because look, Izzy versus Whitaker, you know, is not going to take place this year. It could be well into next year, depending on what the situation yes. is with COVID and everything. Yep. And then the winner of Till Brunson, who knows what shape that they're going to be in at, at, at the end of that. So there's a lot of variables here. There's a good reason for him to stay busy. And it's a matter of who he stays busy against. Yeah, there's about to be a lot of waiting at 185. Yes. It's great that we have these
1: uh, cool fights coming up. We've got uh, Till Brunson, as you mentioned. Uh, then the month after that, uh, Costa and Marvin Vittori. And then the month after that, uh, Sean Strickland and Luke Rockhold. So we have some really cool fights coming up. It's just after those fights are done, I would be very surprised if we see any of those guys fight again until 2022, um, unless unless maybe someone jumps on the cannoneer, uh, you know, contract uh, for the ne- his next his next fight offer. So I did I went a little unrealistic here. I think you're right. It's we're probably going to see him sooner rather than later if we take his uh, post fight speech uh, at face value it sounds like he needs to stay busy. It sounds like he's not in the business of waiting right now. Um, so I went sort of a, a magical matchmaker here where I'm, I'm hoping things work out for Ken here, You know, So he has some some money come in and he can uh, he can wait and live comfortably until then. Because I want to see him fight the Strickland Rockhold winner. So that's um, UFC 268, November 6th. But that is a long wait. Again, that is t- t- three months away still, uh, two and a half months. And then they, they have to wait uh, you know, they need to recover whoever wins that fight unless they want to do a really quick turnaround. So I'm essentially putting Cannondalee on the shelf until, as I said, until 2022, which it doesn't sound like is ideal for him, does not sound like something he wants to do. Um, but yes, that would be my choice if everything worked out perfectly, which again, on this show, sometimes we just wave the magic wand, Stephen, and uh, that's just a new But uh, yes, yeah, so you went with sort of the more practical and what's more likely to happen. And I agree. I do think we see him fight maybe a, a mid have to fight someone outside the top 10 um, just to stay busy and to keep himself uh, on the winning track, which might not be the worst thing.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind your idea. I mean, I think yeah. that's actually from a more logical standpoint, and actually, given everything that's in play with the schedule, it might end up working out just fine. Two months is well, but three months, not that big of a deal, uh, all things considered. So, I like that idea too, and I think you're going to find us a lot. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go. Oh, that was my dumb idea. Oh yeah, that's a better idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. Both ideas.
1: Steve, we got to get all sides of it here. You're you're playing the sh- you're playing the game perfectly so far. We got to get all sides of it, um, because again, there's what will happen, or uh, sorry, what's likely to happen, and what's you know in a perfect world if we were the matchmakers and we could take care of everyone properly, what would happen. So my idea is a little less likely, but yeah, I think there's a lot, I would hope there's a lot of people interested in seeing him fight uh, Strickland or Rockhold, but, um, and and you mentioned, like you said, the the other thing about fighting someone outside the top 10 would also apply to the man who lost Calvin Gaston. Now we're not going to do a formal uh, go through for him. We'd like to stick with winners Um, uh, and he fought very well, but we'd like to just stick with winners for the sake of time. Uh, But I think also you would agree he should, he should fight someone like a Zach Cummings next. If he's uh, assuming the UFC keeps him around. Go out he needs to go outside the top 10
0: right that would be the logical yeah like move for him I mean I yeah if we're if we're not talking about schedule all things being equal he he needs to take a step down in, in mm-hmm. competition yeah. he's bought the, the the top of the top he is um and been so close but now it's time to rebuild him um get him back on his feet um get, give him a give him a, a more competitive well not a competitive match he's a very competitive guy he yes, be competitive yes. with anybody but there i'm concerned about him to be honest with you i think he's taken a lot of shots and a lot of damage i think he needs mm-hmm. a winnable fight and yes i do think somebody from uh, outside the top 10 is is a logical way to go
1: yeah we know he can compete with the elite he he, he took uh he gave uh, israel adesanya his toughest championship fight um he he lost a very close split to darren till we know again we know how good he is uh, but yeah, at some point you need to win that unfortunately at the UFC level, that's just a fact at some point you need to win. There's no moral victories. Um, so let's go to the co-main. This one was a little peculiar. Uh, I had a lot of people asking, <laughs> why is this the co-main? Um, with respect to Clay Guida and, and, uh, Olympian Marco Madsen, silver medalist for his, for his country. Uh, it, it was, it was a bit odd. It wasn't like this was a, an afternoon card where it would be airing in, uh, he's from, he's Danish, right? Madsen? Yes. Yes. He's from Denmark um it wasn't like at some weird time where it's like oh okay this is a, this is like an early morning card this will be airing on prime time in denmark i understand why you know they have marco madsen the co-main i think this card aired by the time he came out i think it was like I, mean, I guess it was like seven in the morning i guess people could have woken up early in denmark to, for some for some sweet sweet morning madsen Morton madsen yeah it's a, it's a <laughs> right? radio show i'm sure that was a radio show he was on and, and listen if the if the ratings come in yeah morning with madsen if the ratings come in and like there's this huge number in uh in Denmark and I'm wrong, then I apologize in advance. Um, But uh, I mean, oh, I don't even know if we'll be able to get that data. Either way, a strange one, but he won. Split decision against a very tricky Clay Guida. I mean, it's it's hard to dominate Clay Guida. I know people don't believe that for a guy who's kind of recurred as a journeyman. He's up there in age now. But he's just, he's kind of the same guy he was like seven or eight years ago. So he's really touched me. Did you, did you think, for, first, uh, Stephen, you thought that, you think they made the right call, right? That Madison won that fight?
0: Yes, I think that especially the third round, um, I think that Madsen captured it then. But you know, I don't, I don't think that Clay's the the same guy that he was seven or eight years ago. I mm-hmm. actually, when I was watching this fight, I was like, Clay is actually somebody that's evolved a lot since he first started. Oh, in a good way. So you're saying he's different in a good way? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's had again, he's been a guy that faces the top of the top. He he's, he's always in, you got to book him against someone. He's kind of like this utility headliner. Everybody knows him everybody loves him. So he gets, you know, more of his, his pick as far as opponents. And he's got a lot of, you know, options, but he has not, he's not the same guy as he was, uh, you know, seven or eight years ago. He's actually evolved quite a bit. He used to be kind of a wall and stall kind of guy and used to rely a little a lot more in his wrestling that didn't mean he didn't brawl obviously Diego Sanchez and and whatnot but um he is actually I was thinking about his progression from the guy who fought Nate Diaz and you know sort of uh late late aughts um and then the guy who fought Gray Maynard who was moving like a striker but not actually striking like a striker
1: yes and then I
0: (laughs) and then I see the guy who was you know fighting uh last night who was actually pulling the trigger a lot more and catching Madsen on the inside coming in. And not only that, keeping him from his Greco setups. So I thought Clay did a great job. Um, I don't know if I think he won. I think that, you know, he, he kind of lost it in the last little bit there, but I think that, you know, again, he's, he's a, a very competitive, I was surprised at how much, how competitive he was. Um, but maybe that just speaks to Madsen's development. Like he's a guy who's obviously still a rough draft in many ways. He's a, you know, obviously a a champion wrestler, but he's still evolving as a, as a mixed martial artist. And so the thing with Madsen is who do you match him up with? Because I was was, was like, you're building to this beautifully, Steven. Who is it?
1: (laughs) I was going to, I was going to tee you up. I don't even need to.
0: Yeah. Uh, the thing is that, um, He's 36. He doesn't have a lot of time. He's in a light, he's in a lightweight division, which is extremely deep. You know, he, pr- he probably is at a slightly higher pace, maybe higher pay scale. I would hope. Um, so, you know, you, you got to get him there quickly. So who do you get him there? You, you have to, I, I think you put him against a veteran, like a guy who's on a slump, you know, uh, a guy who needs to rebuild a guy who's got a good name. And then you, uh, the, the ones that I came up with, uh, well, there's a couple different tacts here. Um, I thought McDessie, give him a, a new look with more varied striking weapons. That was my note. Um, I know Jeremy Stevens is on a big slump and probably wouldn't want that fight. But I think that that's a fight where he's needing to build his name. He's a name and um, he'd be a good one to build off of. And Stevens probably thinks that he can beat Madsen because he's not as good of a striker. Um, and then I also thought, like, on a more, like, less likely tip, uh, physio Rafael physio, Um, because sort of more of a parallel track argument where they're both on their way up uh, and... That would be like more of a competitive matchup where you have two guys who are on their way up and are fighting each other to see who's going to be who's going to break into the top fifteen. So now, those are my dumb ideas. Well, Stephen,
1: no, there's no dumb ideas. However, you have to pick one. You have to pick one of those names to oh, be. El- I don't know if you know. We have points. We have a points here on, on to the next one, and we're pretty skimpy with them. Uh, I have a bin of points right next to me. It's okay. not. It's it's not very deep. Uh, they're very 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 rare. Uh, very coveted. And if you want to be eligible for some ought no points in the future, um, and I will try to keep track of your picks, um, (laughs) you need to pick one. There needs to be an official pick for, for medicine. Okay. I'll just go logical and I'll go physio. Okay. Physio. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's one a lot of people like to see. Uh, I cheated here. I cheated. I'm not eligible for points anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, You're the voice of God. You're, you're, you're above points. I'm above points. I'm the distributor of points. I can't get them anyway. Uh, I cheated here because I, I was struggling a little bit with this. And then I realized And I don't normally like to just do this matchup. Oh, these two guys fought in the same card. So have them fight. But I think Vince Bachel makes a lot of sense. I think Bachel's kind of quietly on this three fight win streak. He's such a tough, gritty test. The age wise, it makes a lot of sense. Like we said, you have uh, Madsen, who's 36 years young and Vince Bachel, who's 38 years young, will be 39 in November. Uh, And I thought he could put on a really good showing. He deserves an opponent with a name as opposed to someone... I mean, Madsen kind of fits both things. It's both a name because it's a guy that USC is pushing. Obviously, they put him in a, in a co-main. He's an Olympian. Like I said, he's, he's, he's probably has some notoriety in his country, which is always gives you a little extra boost. And then he's also, at the same time, an up-and-comer, even at his advanced age. This is only his 11th uh, pro MMA fight. So he, he can kind of get something off of Pachelle as well. I think this would be a really, really nice matchup. Um, that does a lot for both guys. It would be a really fun fight as well. I think uh, again, I think Pachel is just so underrated in a lot of areas. I know he's <laughs> he's been Rags before. Uh, I think people remember that the the, the Rustam Khabala fight, where I believe he was suplexed like three times or something, and like the last one it put him on his head. Uh hopefully that wouldn't happen with Madsen, but if it did, again, that's something the matchmakers breakers would like to see for the highlight reels. So there's certainly be worse things. So I cheated, I killed two birds with one stone there. Uh, but again, that's probably a good thing because again, you know, we gotta. We got we got to keep things uh, economical around here. Steve. My question is: Does Madsen take that fight? I would hope so. He's What's in He's in no position to be. He's in no position to be saying no to things, right? I know he wants Gillespie. Sure, in the, cool in the grand
0: point. scheme of things, he's in no position. But like you know, all the machinations that go on behind the scenes with I managers and you know, uh, matchmakers. Uh, what what is Madsen's incentive to take that fight? Madsen goes from Guida to Pichel. And no, no disrespect to Pichel. I mean, Pichelle is a super tough dude. He should be ranked but... higher than
1: Guida right now, shouldn't he? Let me look at my mystery rankings here. Go ahead, uh, Stephen. I'm just going to look at my mystery No, rankings. no. I
0: mean, I, I think that it was uh, a good win for him. Um, Pichelle definitely deserves a, a step up in competition. Uh, he's in that position that a lot of people are where he's trying to basically make a case. And a lot of guys may not necessarily want to fight him because he's a super tough guy and they might sacrifice their position in the rankings. Um, So if I'm Madsen and I just fought Clay Guida, I think I would want somebody with a little bit more recognizable name value um, and that would help me get to where I need to go faster.
1: You think he's gonna start calling his shots? You think you, you think this this split decision nod over Clay Guida has gotten to his head? He's gonna start Conor McGregoring people.
0: If uh, not Conor McGregor, but if you're 36 and you don't have that much time, you're three and zero. It's lightweight. You know, hopefully, you have good management. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be fighting your way through the wilderness. And there's a lot of tough guys out there. There's a lot of tough guys that could give uh, Madsen a lot of problems. I think that Guida, you named I
1: mean you named three of them. I mean you named three guys who so I think any of those guys you named are not like walkover
0: fights for him at all. Right. But I'm th- yeah, and so that's why I'm kind of thinking for like name for that's why I was thinking Stevens. Like Stevens takes that fight because he's on a he's on a big, big slump. He hasn't got a whole a, a lot of choices now. Wait, it, you it picked Vaziv.
1: A- no, Steven, look, you picked okay, yeah. You but pick the, this, yeah.
0: There's no going back in
1: the Stevens trade now. I think
0: I think if the- I'm Pazeev, Why do I take that fight? Why do I take Madsen? Because I mean that's, an, that's because another because
1: they are independent contractors not okay. employed by the UFC but you know paid by the UFC to do their jobs. <laughs> sure. And wear, and where Venom?
0: Sure. And and crypto.com.
1: And and crypto Oh yes, shout out crypto.com.
0: <laughs>
1: uh but yeah, so I cheated there. We'll get uh, I, you know what? Let's get your pick for Pachel now then. You know, let's let's just uh, since I kind of uh, tied them together. Uh, so who do you who do you like for uh, Vince Pachel?
0: I don't like Gregor Gillespie. We've already okay. been there. Yes. So I I I picked uh Renato Moicano. Oh. Oh, I didn't see anyone suggest that one. That's fresh. That's a yeah. fun matchup. I like that one too. I oh
1: like that's, that's a fun, that's a fun matchup.
0: Tough veteran, face some names. Um, you know, he'll probably want somebody bigger. Um, but given Pichel's momentum, given their trajectory, I think it's a good fight for Paschell to, to again build that momentum, get past get would sort of break out of the pack and Moikano's known more well-known because he's fought some tough guys, um, mostly featherweight, of course, but he's, I would still consider him uh, a solid property at lightweight. And I think that that would be uh, a winnable fight and a good fight for his career. Uh, I just want
1: to see it. I, I, that, that's a fight where I'm not necessarily thinking about what it would do for either of their careers. I just think that's a really cool competitive fight. So I actually do want to see that one good style matchup and all that. Uh, Mike, let's move on to the heavyweight fight then. Uh, my name is Steven. What did I say? Oh, I said Steve. I'm sorry. Stephen yeah. uh, uh, Parker Porter won a c- pretty convincing decision I think over Chase Sherman. Uh, it uh, it was a pretty, high, it was a high paced heavyweight fight until uh, the third when it understandably slowed down. But I thought it looked good. Um, for me, I'll throw my pick out there first. I liked Parker Porter versus Elir Latifi. I had some other options, but I think that one makes sense again. I did just go to my rankings here, and I think I have them right next to each other after uh, after Saturday night. So yeah, I didn't put like a great amount of thought into it, but I think um, I think that's a good test for Parker Porter. He's a he's a kind of a unique property at heavyweight. Again, one of those high paced, really aggressive guys. Good technical skills. I think I think he actually has some really solid technical striking skills. He's not like a brawler. He's not just swinging and banging in there. Um, so yeah, I, I like uh, and I think Latifi has some potential at heavyweight. How much? I'm not sure. Um, but if he got to win over Parker Porter, I'll, I'll start to believe a little more that he's not just a light heavyweight uh, masquerading as a heavyweight. I don't, I don't know about <laughs> you what, what do you think for uh, for
0: Parker Porter? Uh, I picked Ben Rothwell because mm-hmm. he had two cancelled fights uh, fights with Lynn so he need, he needs a fight mm-hmm. he needs to get mm-hmm. back to action soon. Um, and I think that it's a good style matchup uh, to test his submission. Uh, ability um also ben has that kind of zombie-like style sometimes where he just sort of gets in there and you know gets the the collar tie and 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 smashes you in the face um you know ben is obviously looked great um at, at, at times, brilliant at times and it's a matter of like the wear and tear and the and the and the years and everything getting the best out of him the best ben rothwell probably i think beats parker porter due to a, a more varied skill set oh definitely but i think parker takes that fight because again we're making room for the new and you build the new off the old and i don't think there's there's few more old guard at this point than rothwell so i think that given uh parker's trajectory i think this was win number two in a row he's two and one two and one correct yeah and, you know, this is heavyweight. Um, I think that you uh, you put those two together and it's like a referendum on whether he can be at the higher levels in, in heavyweight.
1: Yeah, and heavyweight's one of those divisions where you really can't look at like the, the difference in experience level because it's there's just like two tiers at heavyweight. There's like guys with 15 fights or more and then there's guys like, i oh, sorry, 15 UFC fights or more. And then there's guys like five UFC fights or less. It feels like there's no middle ground. So at some point, if you're gonna give like Parker Porter a step up, you you it has to be like a big step up. There's no, there's no, I'm, I'm trying to look like there's no in between for him to fight. It's either other guys who only have three or four UFC fights, or again, as I said, guys who have 10 or more UFC fights. That's just kind of how the division has like shaken out over the past couple of years with um how it's been booked and uh guys who have been released and things like that. So uh and, and the cool thing about Ben Rothwell is he'd take that fight. He's just not a guy who he just doesn't say no to fights. Like he'd be like, yeah, Parker Porter, I, I like that guy. Let's let's uh let's throw it out. He um,
0: wants that because he wants a win. And yeah, you know, because it. he's had fights canceled, he needs to stay busy. And it's a, it's a, I, I think he's gonna take a look and he's gonna go, I'm gonna chew that guy up on the feet and then I'm gonna go go choke him. So again I think it's you know it's like you're you're trying to you put two two puzzle pieces together here, and a lot of times these things don't align because because of the business of of MMA. But I think that that's a fight that both of them would take and would be beneficial to both. Less beneficial to Rothwell, yeah, of course. But he's at the point where he needs to build a lot more critical mass before he starts getting back to the to the top ten mm. of the division. And it's kind of like
1: you said for Canineer, uh, for some of these guys who are just professionals, it's like, look, I just want to win enough fights. To get myself another four fight contract, and then and just continue from there. And that's I feel like that's kind of where Rothwell is. He's he's been in the game for a long long time before the UFC. In the UFC, uh, he he just he just wants the checks to keep coming in. And, and and we don't say that to be cynical. It's just kind of a practical thing to say. And and there's nothing wrong with it. This is this is a
0: pro sport. All right, this is pro sports. That's you know, the job is to make money. He no, he wants to be champion. I mm-hmm. I can assure you this. I talked to him. Uh, text with him on a semi-regular basis. He... But, he would, but he would know a Parker Porter fight wouldn't help really help with that of case course. necessarily.
1: Yeah. Right? Of course. It's, it's just, yeah, you can't be a UFC champion if you're not in the UFC, right? That's, sure. <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? So he, you're right. Yeah. He's going to do stuff to, to get wins until uh, an opportunity opens up in the top 10, which again, if you're in there, it will. It, it'll open up. It'll be there. So um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, one of the big surprises, of the main card, unfortunately he missed weight. Uh, Saeed Jakub uh, Kakramanov who if it were up to me we probably wouldn't even match him up but I know if Mike were here Steven he'd be like no no he won the fight he 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 took the fight on less than like five days notice so the weight miss was understandable which it is. Uh, I would have liked to see an apology after, Stephen. I didn't see I didn't hear that, but okay. But
0: <laughs>
1: hey, Tre- Trevin Jones took the fight on short notice too. He was on like I think 10 days or notice. He made weight, so uh Half the fine. fights
0: these days are short notice in this oh, world. Oh gosh, that's right. Uh really
1: what is what is law, what is a uh, proper notice anymore? Uh yeah. but uh yeah, Kaka uh, uh kind of a dull fight until the end, but really strong finish just chokes a uh, Trevin Jones unconscious with standing guillotine. Uh anytime someone's this new Stephen, I mean, I've been saying I'll show. I know that there's no wrong answers. There's really no wrong answers. He's, he's just, in the, he's really in the middle of the pack. It's bantamweight. It's insanely deep. I kind of picked a name out of a hat. I just said like uh, Tony Kelly. I think it'd be a fun fight. do I, I? Kelly. I, that's it. I just went <laughs> Tony Kelly.
0: Great. Hey, Tony. Throwing it nice, out there. Nice going, buddy. There we um, go. What do you, you got? It. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did we both to... say to- Did we both say Tony Kelly? No, I said oh, okay. Kelleher. I okay. said Kelleher because he oh, looked okay. really good. Yeah, um, because because uh, uh, he looked uh, Kakramanov looked really good, and I thought that um, he's a guy that probably has some heat on him. He's got a good camp behind him, and I thought that Kelleher would take. You know, this is again, you know, more of the the business stuff, but I think that they would give him that fight, and I think Kelleher would 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 take it because of the way that uh, because of the way that Kakramanov looked. So. I like uh, I, I picked that one. My other thing is, I, I think
1: Kelleher, unlike heavyweight, I think he has a lot of options, uh, better options around his level of uh, UFC experience. Uh, again, I think you're right. Uh, the, the 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 buzz around uh, Kakramanov is that he is a, a going to be a future, again, top 25, top 15 guy at bantamweight. But until that happens, I feel like Kelleher is a lot closer there. I just don't want to match them up yet. I could see the UFC doing it. Um, again, Bantam a friggin' shark tank. There's no easy fights. Um, and Kelleher is a good company guy. He does keep, call- he does have callouts in mind. He called out O'Malley, of course, but he also seems to be more than happy with like not getting that fight. I hope he sticks to his guns this time and gets no an O'Malley or at least someone with a little more notoriety. But uh,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm unranked. Pick me. Right. Well, again, <laughs> hey, look,
1: if we saw, if we, three weeks from now, if we saw uh, Saeed Jakub Kakramanov versus Brian Kelleher booked, I wouldn't, bl- I wouldn't bat an eyelash. I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's how this division and how the, how the UFC goes. Uh, last, The proverbial, last but not least, Stephen, uh, the main card opener between uh, Alexandre Pantoja and Brandon Royval. Uh, Panto- great fight for as long as it lasted, crazy scrambles, and then Pantoja uh, winning with a submission. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? I, I think the options are pretty limited, pretty clear. He had an exchange with the UFC flyweight champion. Um, was that convincing to you? Is that the road you want to go, or do you have some other other suggestions,
0: Steve? It was very nice, and so I just want to give him what he wants. I'm yes. just uh, I'm I'm disarmed by <laughs> yes. politeness in in this rough and tumble sport. So yes. um, I would just I would, I would give him what he wants, um, and and put him against Moreno. Um, you know, I feel like it's not going to happen. I feel like Garbrandt is going to, you know. Oh no, <laughs> Stephen! No. Oh wait, is Garbrandt booked?
1: Garbrandt's booked he is isn't he? he is. But I, but I mean, I think I assumed you were saying if he beats Carr France, that's he, what I was saying. He leaps. Yep that, that that's what I was saying. Um, <laughs> and that he but that he he would like let's say he knocked Carr France out like again classic Cody Garbrandt like first round knockout. Right. Looks like, away you, punches. Oh yes. my gosh. Like do you think he, yeah you're exactly. Do you think he would realistically like maybe jump over Tantosia
0: <laughs> and jump over Askar Askarov? Yes, hundred uh, <laughs> percent.
1: And for it anyone, it seems
0: like a very, you know, UFC thing to do
1: for anyone listening, rolling their eyes. Let's not forget last was it. I don't remember if it was December or November, which card it was. Cody was booked. to he was booked. He was going, they were giving him a title shot in his first fight at flyweight. Thank goodness. I was well, to say, unfortunately, he got COVID, unfortunate uh, other injuries he had to deal with, but in the end, I want to say it worked out for the UFC because he should have to win one fight at 125 pounds before getting a title shot right that's not an absurd thing to he's he was he's coming off a loss
0: he's I wouldn't coming say off a side out. Of loss. like it worked out for uh, i would say it worked out for brandon moreno brandon moreno yeah, <laughs> yeah because he got he <laughs> got the all, shot yeah. um yeah. yeah because i think that they have a there's a business relationship there there's there's a lot of juice on the back end mm-hmm. and i think that you know if they can put in a guy who's a very known property in flyweight. That's what they're going to want to do. Although Moreno, again, great guy and great for the Latin American market. Um, They want, they've always wanted to build that make that stronger so that it's not a, it's not a bad gig. And I think that Pantoja is the competitive matchup. It's the one that, you know, he's, he's on a a good run. Um, There's a, there's a built-in storyline there. And I think that, You know, while the other machinations of the flyweight division play out, I think it's just a logical uh, thing to do. And, you know, he asked nicely, so why should we fight this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Moreno wants to get these losses back, right? Like one of them was on the Ultimate Fighter five years ago. One of them was actually in the UFC like three years ago. So he's changed it enough that I don't think there's any doubt in his mind that he can, he would win uh, the the third fight with Alex Rancho Pantoja. But, I think we all deserve to see it. And I think Pantoja has earned it. There is the looming Askar Askarov who, who has a recent unanimous decision to win over uh, Pantoja. So I get it. I saw a lot of uh, uh, replies last night saying, why not ask over him? And I've kind of touched upon it on the post-fight show. But one, Askarov missed weight in his most recent fight, uh, which hurts his case. I'm not saying it disqualifies him, but it, it hurts his case. Uh, and two, I think, as you mentioned, the the history between him and Moreno for me, makes that a more compelling matchup right now. I think Askarov gets that title shot eventually anyway, um, and I wouldn't be mad if he got it, but Pintoza is the choice for me, and, and, and it sounds like you agree.
0: Could we do the winner, like Askarov? Could we do Askarov versus
1: Pantoja? I mean, you could. That's, that's what I saw some people say um, because... As a title eliminator? When is the... Uh, well, I guess, but then what, what? Moreno just has to wait, right? Or he, or he would fight the Garbrandt.
0: He Garbrandt has to Brands wait, team. and they've got a lot of spots to fill. So mm-hmm. it seems like this, you know, tees up pretty nicely. And I don't know if you want to, you know, who's, yeah. Who's Moreno going to fight in the meantime? Mm-hmm. It would, I'll just say this. It
1: would, I I, I wouldn't have a problem with Ascroft getting the shot first uh, or for them doing an eliminator with him and Pantoja. But for me, it would be, uh, I've used this word in sports related anyway, a, a tragedy if Pantoja never fought Moreno for that world title. I think it would just, it would suck. Let me, let me be more direct with it. I think it would really suck. Uh, do you have a wild card pick, Steven? I, 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 uh, I tried to queue you up for a wild card pick. You can pick anybody on this card uh, that we haven't already mentioned, winner,
0: loser, uh, that you'd like to see matched up. Well, I, I actually I wrote down Kelleher because I was writing fast. And I, I, I wrote down Kelleher versus okay. Jimmy Rivera. So that would be um, your other, if he, didn't, if, if he wasn't booked with uh, Kakaromanov. That's right. And I think Rivera takes that fight because he's two and four, yeah. and Kelleher gets a good test with a veteran name. And he's ranked. I think Jim Rivera is ranked, right? I think in our Jim Rivera is ranked because he's fought everyone who's at the top. Like, he... you know, again, never said no to a fight, but also needs to be rebuilt, sort of a Kevin Gastelum kind of a thing. He takes that fight because he thinks Kelleher is below him. Kelleher says, "Look at the name. He's a bridge to the to the to the top of the division, which is what he needs." So he takes that fight, uh, you know, because it'll help his career. He is not. I should say, Jim Rivera
1: is not ranked in the only rankings that matter the mma the fighting.com fighting, global, fighting. global rankings but uh i believe he at least made it on some of our ballots i think he's on mine i think i was surprised he actually wasn't well on.
0: bantamweight has a lot more oh, geez. entrance from other yes, promotions bellator
1: yeah definitely yeah. um okay you. well i like that i went with uh, william knight uh so the perpetually intriguing prospect. I don't know if he wants to be called a prospect anymore. I still see him that way. I know he's uh, maybe what is almost in his mid thirties, so he's not like a spring chicken. But v- very little, <laughs> very little MMA mileage. I mean, he's his twelfth. Uh, this is his twelfth fight, tenth um, win. So really cool knockout. I, I want to see him fight Jamal Hill. Uh, okay. I I don't know if that can't happen. For I don't know. Why. I kept trying to look like are they teammates? Are they friends? Can this not happen? Um, are people's expectations of Hill just too high because he has a win over OSP? Uh, but I think, again, that's, that that was like a deceiving win. I think he needs to uh, fight someone closer to his experience level. And uh, it would be, be a great clash of body types, too. Um, Jamal, Jamal Hill, very long and rangy, light heavyweight. Um, very easy to armbar apparently uh, yes William William <laughs> Knight uh, not long and rangy not long and rangy uh, stout Short and mesomorph as, as we Mes, said thank you that's a yes that's a very cool way of putting it he's a mesomorph so uh, William Knight Jamal Hill is my uh, wild card pick uh, Stephen is there any other picks you want to get to before I, I hand us both over to the mercy of the listeners because it's about to be a whirlwind of listener voices here <laughs> Joel, what uh,
0: are we talking about Josian Nunez at all if you I want mean, to
1: look, normally we'll only allow one wild card. But you are the special guest. If you have a pressing Josiane Nunez pick, and she was impressive as hell, knocking out Bay oh. lucky please let us know. I'm, I'm if, you, if you again, like you said, you kind of you kind of du- doubled up on the Kelleher for your wild card. Want another wild card with Josiane? It's did. your world, Stephen.
0: It's your world. I'm you know busy. I'm I'm frantically scrolling right now because, um, you know, she looks amazing. Um, very compact fighter. <laughs> I think we were we were talking about how compact she is and how how much of an interesting look that was watching her go up against yes. Maliki, who's super long, tall, yeah. and rangy. What a match! And how she just took advantage of that so so well. Oh, I was boy. I was
1: looking I was looking I was like I was I I, I was like surely uh, pre UFC uh, you know Nunez is just was a, like a one twenty five or I assumed and like maybe she took this fight on somewhat short notice so it took a one thirty five. No, she's fought as high as 155 pounds. Um, as far as I can see, she has never fought at 125. I still think that's where her future is. But I mean, her schedule, she was supposed to debut in April. That was a bantamweight fight. And now she made her actual debut at bantamweight. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's just this little 135-pound slugger. I don't know, man. She certainly looked like it. Holy cow. Um, and, and Any ideas? I t- our listeners have got some. But uh, I kind of want to hear what you what you're thinking first.
0: Hmm, put you on the spot. There's here. a lot of folks that are coming off of losses if we're talking about a competitive world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, not Veronica Mazzino. Tell us, uh,
1: Stephen, walk us through this. Who are you crossing off? Who, who are you crossing off your list? As
0: you go. Yeah, there's just so many folks coming off of losses. And yeah. I mean you could you could go the opposite. You could go Alexis Davis and you know, mm-hmm. again use a name to to build the, the up and comer. I saw but a lot of, of I saw a lot of that. Yeah. Alexis is on uh, a pretty bad skid right now, so she takes that because she doesn't have a lot of uh, leverage. She could do couldn't Kunitz, well couldn't out for a bit. Uh, y- 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 everyone's booked. This is tough. This is really tough. Who, I would who like do the listeners have.
1: Oh, I'll get to that. Wouldn't it be nice though if they could pull up you know what will probably happen? And I haven't looked at the uh, schedule for the show coming up. Uh, I do wonder if they would just, um, if they would find someone from the contender series um, and call them up to fight. If there, if there are any uh, ban- women's bantamweights coming up, I don't, I don't know if there are, but that could be a contender series debut for someone though. That'd be a cool yeah. thing. There'll be a cool thing to do because Nunez looks like an absolute like killer. Well, since when is the UFC protected as young? <laughs> yeah, never. Uh, if anything, they're, they're typically devoured. Um Okay, let, let me get, to, all right. So this is where we get to the, uh, the listener's favorite part of the show, Stephen, where they, they get to hear themselves. Uh, first, we do a segment normally called Check the Tapes where we look back and see if anyone successfully predicted any of the fights that have been booked this week. It was a pretty quiet week though, as far as um, fights being reported or announced. So there really weren't any. I did have two of our regular listeners, uh, Marcus McGahey and Hayes III, uh, asking for points. Uh, I reviewed their cases. Uh, so let me read. So Marcus McGee first said, uh, he believes he caught, he kind of called the Misha tate ketlin Vieira fight that just got put together. Um, he says mm-hmm. Vaira was booked against McMahon at the time. And he said, if Misha, he said Misha should fight Ketlin if she beats uh, Sarah McMahon. That fight fell through. So technically didn't happen, but he still wants a point. Uh, I will give you, a, and I, so Marcus, I will give you a half point. I'll give you, a, I should, I'm being generous today. And again, there's not a lot of, I don't have to give out too many other points. So you're lucky. I, I'm gonna go with a one-point budget for this episode. I'm giving him half. The other half will go to Hayes third, though. His uh, his case is even more sketchy. So listen to this, Stephen. This guy says, yeah. listen to this. He says he picked uh, Edmund Shabazian uh, versus Nazordine Imavov, which I guess is is happening after Shabazian lost to Hermanson. But this guy, uh, he he did he hedged with like. Edmund Shabazzian versus the winner of this fight or the winner. He essentially threw out like four names. So
0: I'm going to give him a half point. Do you think that's fair? Oh, so, so you, you're going to give him a, a half point for like basically casting a wide net. <sighs> let me let me you know what? Let me be fair. Let me find the actual
1: message. And say so we can. Ju- he said Shabazzian versus Heinish Imavov winner. Or Muradov, mere shirt winner, which hasn't happened yet. So that's
0: not a that's not like a pick. Like I had to do oh,
1: one. You you, you yes, narrowed me down to a pick, right? So are
0: our listeners not held to the same? They should be. standards. As I mean, one? I don't
1: hold them to the same standards. I would as you specifically. I hold you to a much higher <laughs> standard than I hold our listeners to. But I understand what you're saying. There has to be some rules that we all follow. So are you saying I should save this half point? Do you think Hayes should not get this half point, Stephen? <sighs>
0: Yeah, Hayes, I'm sorry. Ooh. I don't think you get credit for, you know, basically making, four, what was it, four guesses and getting one right. Kind I of, just, kind of. I mean, unless you want to just divide it by four and say you get a quarter point. How about we give him a quarter point? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. And then four, four. Uh, oh, right. Okay. And then so I'm never going to listen to this show
1: again. I'm still giving Marcus a half. So I'm just keeping this quarter uh, for the surplus uh, Hayes, you're, you're lucky because I think Stephen's right. You probably should have gotten nothing. You will get, you get a quarter ought no point. So uh, squ- squirrel that away. Um, just invest it. Uh, th- so there we go. All right. Now I got to I got to Stephen, uh, you're going to have to bear with me here. Again, a lot of listener picks, but I need you. I'm going to need your input on some of these. And again, sure. some people just kind of just sent us questions. Apparently we answer questions now on the show. Uh, first, here's our usual disclaimer, Stephen. Uh, we emphasize really why well, I really only want to hear about winners unless they're in the main event or a title fight. Uh, we have kind of a scattergories rule. Are you familiar with scattergories? Uh, refresh my memory. It's, it's, it's the game where you have to like guess words and only the only word, uh, like you're asked to describe something, you have to guess words, but only the unique answers get points. So you get points for originality. That's kind of the same okay. rule here. I okay. kind of, I kind of lump together. Uh, if, if a lot of multiple listeners picked one fight, I just kind of say it off at the beginning of the this segment. And then uh, the fighter could already be booked people. Go to topology.com, please pay attention or follow MMAfighting.com. Pay attention to fight bookings. If they're already booked, I don't want to hear it. Uh, they made, made some other mistake. It could be a wrong weight class. They fought already, injured, released. I saw that a lot this week, Stephen. I saw a lot of people like naming fighters that are no longer with the company. Guys, MMAfighting.com, we have news for you. If you just check it out. Uh, and also, uh, most importantly, the golden rule, uh, the pick might just be doo-doo, Stephen. and uh, we just don't want to read it. So that's uh, that's, that's the basic guidelines here. Uh, got a lot of concerns. But don't we roast stuff? Don't you guys roast any doo-doo picks? No, I try not to. I try not to. But you're free to do it. Like I said, I I think some some picks here, Stephen, may have gotten through the doo-doo detector, mm-hmm. uh, and if that's the case, I'm more than happy for you to do an extra level of quality control. There you and, go. And 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 squash these uh these doodoo's as it were. These that's, dreams. That's kind yeah. of gross. Um. So the most popular picks I saw. Uh, we're uh cannoneer taking on the brunson till winners there you go very nice pick uh porter parker porter versus juan espino oh, that's uh, interesting I this is that. this is a deep cut that just shows how on the ball our our listeners are like uh uh kakarmanov versus ronnie lawrence this is like multiple people pick this so and i'm like i wouldn't have thought of that but i kind of love it yeah i kind of love it uh vince Pachel versus drew dober yeah yeah Maybe. I thought of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that yeah. crossed my mind. Drew, Drew's uh, coming off of losses, though. He's on a skid. So yeah. if he take that fight, he's a little bit more of a name. He's just like an incremental step up. So yeah, I, I can see that um, from a competitive standpoint, from a win loss standpoint. It's it's you know somebody who's coming off of a loss, so that's why I ruled it out. But mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I do feel like they're kind of
1: heading in a little bit different directions, but not not a bad matchup at all. Uh, Pantasio versus uh, uh, Pantagio Pantera. Pantera, uh, Alex, I apologize, uh, Alexandre Pantoja versus uh, Brandon Moreno 3 was the most popular suggestion for Pantoja. There was some, some sentiment for uh, Figueredo, uh, rematch with Figueredo. Uh, Figueredo has a win over Pantoja and um, Pantoja waiting for the Cody Garbrandt uh, car France winner. So making that and making that the uh, title eliminator. So, but that's a long, that's December 11th. That's a long, long way ahead. And Pantoja, again, on Saturday said he wants to fight Moreno in December. So I don't think that's that appealing to him. Uh, Kelleher, there's a bunch of options thrown out. Uh, Miles Johns, Casey Kenny, Louis Smoka. I like all those. Uh, as you kind of uh, mentioned, uh, the most popular I saw for uh, the newest star at Bantamweight, uh, Josiane Nunez, was uh, Alexis Davis, which I think is sensible.
0: <laughs> She's also one of the only ones that's available. Yeah, tough fight, <laughs> tough fight, tough fight, but for sure. Yeah, tough fight. Uh, someone else yep. Jocelyn
1: Edwards versus uh, Jessica Rose Clark fight. That's a uh, winner of that. That's on October 23rd. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw Josiane Nunez's name, I, when the fight was booked, um, I kept getting confused with Jocelyn Edwards. I'm sorry, I'm, guys. We read about we read about a lot of fighters. We read about a lot of fighters. We write about a lot of fighters. This stuff becomes very, very, very confusing. And uh, what was another for William, Mr. William Knight? Yes. Uh, I saw a lot of uh, oh, uh, Kennedy, Kennedy Enzuchuku, Kennedy Enzuchuku. I like that.
0: Yeah, I like that too. That's a good um, one. I mean, he's one of those. guys. <laughs> Man, he's had he's had uh, some 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 crazy fights, and if there's anyone that could, he just he's almost like at the, at the cusp of getting knocked out. You know, he's just looks like <laughs> just a little bit too casual in there, yeah. and he's just and then he and then he rescues it from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, uh, William Knight, uh, good good test uh, as far as the jaws of
1: defeat. Yeah, uh, Ignacio mate I can't believe we talked about him. May, the knockout of the night. Uh, yes. one of the best of the year some sick matchups recommended here uh mike davis him and mike davis would be a br- mike davis is a regular uh recommendation on our on our uh, site um on, on the show uh, Stephen. so uh we just need to see that guy book he's so exciting and then damir Hadzovic for bahamones and also don match the magic man um and for amiz brahimaj who opened the show uh I, the most popular pick i saw was him and philip rowe so there we go all right buckle up uh, buckle up steven we're just getting started you gotta buckle up here so oh, we're uh done? okay <laughs> shit so I'll, I'll try to run through these somewhat quickly i know we've spent a lot of time already but like i said we got a lot of suggestions this week uh through our email we had uh Casey carpenter come up first of all complimenting me on my judging job on thursdays between the links uh i picked jed mishu as the winner uh that shows what a professional i am because i had to really really bite down and, and do that um wow. i had to pick him over our dear dear friend damon martin um, but I got yeah, to do the right thing. So thank you, Casey, for the uh, comments. It only makes you feel a little bit better. And uh, Casey picked Guida versus Jeremy Stevens. So that's one fight out there. And also in the emails, Robert Miller, who had a really good pick with Bahamandez versus Ziam. Ziem. Um, let me go to the Twitter here. and uh, We got plenty. Uh, first timer. Welcome to the show. James McDonald says, first time matchmaking. Don't roast me. Steven, this person is specifically asking, do not roast me, okay? You're Please, literally asking me to roast Please. you. Go, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, Pantosia versus Moreno and uh, Kakramana versus Kelleher. You can't roast them. You like that matchup? Yeah, you can't match them. You can't roast. That's them. That's what he came up with. The, I mean, they had other picks, but he just like the, the ones that that uh, other people didn't pick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I saw. I saw you getting your <laughs> roasting your roasting words ready. <laughs> no, thank you, James McDonald. You're welcome. Here, uh, Dylan at ricksnip two seven seven on Twitter. As a question if poirier moved up to 170 steven who would you favor between him and kamaru uzman
0: kamaru um yeah bigger frame yep um reach i think it's going to be an issue off that jab um and he can always go to the wrestling mm-hmm. um yeah, I would I would favor Kamaru. I also I just think Kamaru is just it, he's cresting in a way that, you know, Dustin is as well. Mm-hmm. But if you look at where Dustin has fallen short in the past, um I think and then you add the size of Kamaru, I think it'd be a very very tough thing to overcome.
1: Yeah, it's hard to pick against someone who just has been so dominant recently, who so dominant recently that people on our staff are calling uh, Kamaru Usman the breakout fighter of 2021 when he entered the year as the champion but he's just he's become so he's taken it to such another level um that people are saying he broke out this year which i don't know if i agree with but i understand uh, kind of the angle people are coming from I, I think Usman would at least be a three to one favorite in that matchup yeah. i don't think that's crazy to say yeah. uh chris at dragon slayer 2 likes mike davis versus vince Michelle. uh brayden o'neill i gotta give this guy a finger wag he's he did a lot of oars so i'm not going to read all aspects he did a lot of this person versus this person or this person and i'm like no brayden I hope you paid attention to this episode and saw how harsh we are with handing out points. I need definitive picks, but I did like Parker Porter versus Jargis Daniel, the Man Mountain. And, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Ramanov versus the Tony Gravelly Nate
0: Manus winner on, on September 18th. So. Uh, some good, some good- the case tweeted the other night like about like this is what heavyweight is like a bunch of flesh slapping together <laughs> uh, jargis and, and parker that's a lot of flesh slap that's right a there. lot of fresh <laughs>
1: uh with a little international flavor so i like that uh timmy osho coming in with oh a, a bellator pick out of nowhere so i have Ooh. i have to read it uh jordan lugo versus darian caldwell good name recognition for lugo we got to see if Caldwell, Caldwell can expose his wrestling deficiencies. Thank you for the Bellator pick. And uh, Kelleher versus Khalid Taha. The UFC report on Twitter. Stephen. The UFC report. Brandon Royval versus uh, David Dvorak. Uh, I just like the description here. I know it's a, this guy lost a fight, but I like the description. He says, uh, Royval clearly needs to step back after losing to the elites of the division. Kind of agree. And Dvorak is a guy on the rise who would also provide fun scrambles, which is basically all I look for in a Royval fight. So I think that's a Fair, some fair matchmaking. Uh, I'm not going to read all these. We got some guys who are really good at making deep cuts. Uh, Denny Caps. I like uh, uh, Jesse Nunez versus Leah Letson. Just, I kind of want to see where Leah Letson is. Hopefully she competes again soon. Um,
0: Pachel versus Riddell. Hashtag, uh, hashtag I mean, Pachel, Pachel Riddell. Pachel Riddell. That's perfect one for you. I think you love the alliterations. Of and course. The, uh, um, it's the only reason I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> but Riddell won't take that fight, I don't
1: think. Okay. Yeah. He wants, he wants Gillespie. Uh, yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. And it's more, and I think it's most likely of all the guys who have called him out recently to, to get it. Cause they were booked. They were booked. And then uh, just uh, fell through. Unfortunately, Liam Perry, another regular wants to give props, big props to uh, Mike Heck for the story of Eugene Aubrey, the, the suitcase kid. Um, amazing story. Anyone who hasn't checked it out, please go to mbfighting.com. Please read the story. It's a great long form story. There's an audio component that goes along with it. Um, Liam says he listened to that as well, and he thought it was he was it was excellent. So thank you, Liam, for the comments. I will pass that on uh, to Mike. He's probably going to the show anyway. But um, thank you, thank, thank you so much for that. Um, it's a great comment. Uh, and some of his picks: Parker Porter versus the Philippe Linz OSP winner on November 13th. Uh, Stephen, did you remember that fight was happening?
0: Um. Yes, I
1: did. <laughs> I'm re- one. One reason I read out some of these picks is just to remind myself that some of these fights, I honestly don't remember. Like these. Guys well, games. yeah. I
0: mean, I remember because I was sort of scrambling through my picks this morning, oh, and I remember okay. looking at that. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, those guys are booked." See? It's very helpful. Like this, this, this little. Yes. This, this, uh this this dance we do because it gives you an idea of sort of what's coming down the pipeline and and i think what i'm learning from being on the show for the first time (laughs) is that it's not just about um you know who's unbooked now but sort of looking a little bit further down and and looking at the matchups that are upcoming and then matching those guys which i tend so i tend to forget like or or tend to de-emphasize the ones that are upcoming and, and then sort of put them together I'm not sure the way that that's the way the UFC really works either. Like sometimes I feel like they just go with whoever's unbooked, but I think it's helpful to go both ways because, you know, it's, it's more of a grand picture kind of thing, as opposed to just who is available in the moment, you know, and, and theoretically we should always be, you know, thinking of the big grand picture and, and, and lining up these, these, these pieces in the puzzle.
1: Yeah. It's, I'm going to tug, Steve, I don't want you to go too deep. I'm going to tug on the, I know, once you go down this matchmaking well, you really start to look far ahead. I'm tugging on the rope. I'm tugging on the rope, Steve. I don't want you to fall too far down the well. I know it's, it's very seductive when you start putting on that matchmaker hat. So, uh, and, and you've done an amazing job, by the way. So again, I, I want to thank you again. Uh, and Liam Perry, I think he had, well, two kind of cool suggestions. He said he wants to see hashtag guerrilla warfare between Jared, the killer guerrilla uh, cannoneer and uh, Darren, the Gorilla till... If he beats, uh, of course, if he beats Brunson, and uh, you know, I love when people throw out hashtags. You can tell. And uh, Gastelum, <laughs> I thought this was a cool suggestion. Gastelum versus Jerkis uh, Duplessis. Okay, oh, oh, right. Or is yeah. that the wrong? Is that the wrong kind of guy outside the top fifteen? Though is that a guy we kind of see as like a top ten talent that's only going to make things worse for?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if you if you put him in there. I, I don't. I think that um, Gastelum takes that fight because uh Drickus got so much uh pop from that one fight. Um but I I don't know if that's the right one just yet. I think that you need to build Dricus a little bit more um you know, give him some uh, more of an intermediate step before you put him a, against one of the most seasoned a guy that makes a lot of people look bad. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and gives a lot of people a good good fight in Kelvin. Yeah. So, I would I would suggest a more intermediary step before I that made that fight thomas collins went with vince Pachel versus terrence mckinney he
1: said not logical fight in any sense but no the ufc might try and fast track mckinney and i can see them throwing him against you no. you don't think that there's any chance no. they do that oh no. i don't know i don't I know mean, how they view Pachel. There's, really there's
0: building and then first of all what what incentive does vince have to take he has, that he has fight? no power he has no, what's this incentive you speak of steven Now these guys are there's some of these guys they can't say no they just got to take the fight uh, I, well, I, I think that it's, it's just one of those things where the, you know, the, when the manager calls the 10th time and, you know, it or or maybe, you know, there's an injury, quote unquote. You know, I just I just don't think there's a lot of incentive okay. for Vince to take that oh. fight. He has been through the ringer. I was going to say I have a Vince Bichelle anecdote that I've just been dying to, to Please, say. I, go for In it. relation to the one argument that we had last night, we don't typically argue online. We're not best friends like you and heck. But I'm like the kid down Nobody the block is. in your neighborhood. I'm, okay. on, I'm the kid in the cul-de-sac that okay. you occasionally see skateboarding. So the stoppage. The Trevin in, Jones. Uh, yeah. K- 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 K in Kakramanov Jones. Mm-hmm. It was late. It was several seconds late. I haven't timed it but it was several seconds late. You, you pointed out and I I Herb Dean of Vince was Pichelle, he was on the wrong side.
1: Herb Dean was on the wrong side, should not have been the yes. wrong side, which you're right, made up added a couple of seconds of uh, unconsciousness uh for for
0: Jones unfortunately, yeah. And the thing that popped into my head was Vince Paschel, and the reason why? Why would you? why would that pop into my head, you ask? Well, let me tell please, you. Please explain. Vince Pichel was the guest fighter in the command referee course I took in 2011. 10 Oh, no was 2011 or 12. And this is way but like this is I I I I I was reminded of Vince Pichel when I saw him in the UFC. It was like Evan Dunham who I grew up with. Um, seeing him in at Extreme Couture I'm like I grew up with that guy. It was like it was this sort of flash like I know that guy from somewhere and then I was like, "Oh shit, that was the that was the guest fighter in the command course." So why is it so the setup is I was refereeing a quote unquote fight between Vince Bichelle and another guy. I don't, I don't, he, he never went pro uh, or never fought in the UFC and Vince put him in a, uh, a, a guillotine choke and I was on the wrong side and this guy flopped to the ground like a fish, like wasn't actually unconscious, but it was to basically test your referee, uh, mechanics, they call them into where you are and what you do when someone goes unconscious. I stared at this picture for several seconds, watching Vince Bichelle's opponent flop like a fish as Vince held him up by the neck until John McCarthy went, what are you doing? I can hear him. I I just heard like big John's voice there. And I felt so ashamed because I had let this poor guy, um, in- lose more oxygen to his yes. brain over several seconds. Yes, um, and I had waited too long. Um, the The mechanics of this thing are very important, you know, and you have to be on the right side. And it's a tough position that they're in, being against the cage. Uh-huh. But when the choke part and the the, the face, you want to be looking at the face, and you want to be looking at where the where the lock is, you know, um, and he was just on the wrong side. Mm. And it happens. And it wasn't the worst stoppage, but it was a little bit uh late of a stoppage. You could hear Big John if he were there. World, in, yeah. If he, he were there rolling. in if he were there in the cage with Herb Dean, would have yeah. been
1: like, What are you doing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like I said, it wasn't the worst. How did I get yeah. on this tangent? We were talking about Vince Pachel we we'll and- just talking about
1: Vince Pachel in general before we before we move on, because I, I don't know how much more we're gonna talk about Vince Pachel. So this is yeah yeah
0: not getting the uh not getting the terrence uh mckinney fight. yes McKinney. I, I agree
1: it's it it, it i if, if
0: pichelle had a choice
1: there's no reason for him to take that fight
0: extremely there's dangerous. no reason extremely
1: dangerous I was, but, meaning,
0: I, I, I was meaning to say the whole point was vince Michelle has been around for a long time a lot a lot longer than a lot of people think he's been mm-hmm. through a lot of ups and downs yes. he had a lot of injuries he deserves uh a, a, a guy who's going to get him to where he needs to go mm-hmm. and uh terrence is not the guy he hasn't you know one fight you know it was it was a big call out it was a, it was a nice little pop of attention it's not enough it's not yeah. i don't enough even know go. if it's great for mckinney because i think pachelle would play for mckinney oh yeah but i don't that's know but line. i don't
1: but i don't know if it is though because i think Pachel would beat him and maybe make and like maybe make him look bad and like you know, I know think what i mean that's like, also extremely right? possible i think you need to put mckinney in there with guys a little closer to his experience level who he's there's a better chance he's gonna land that like that bomb knockout because that's kind of the name he's making for himself so um what about uh madsen versus oh i only asked this one because some uh, thomas collins madsen versus davi hamos i da, da, he hasn't been released has he davi hamos i don't remember seeing any reports davi hamas no no he, i don't he think should so. be around. He's, on, he's lost like, a couple of fights but that's he
0: lost I mean. but you know he was on a tear before that he's really
1: good okay so anyway I, so i like that matchup i think again rest, wrestler versus uh expert jujitsu guy can't go wrong uh marcus mcgay he uh, he always names the editions of the Oh uh, no, he calls us the killer gorilla edition so shout out to jared can he likes uh he just wanted me to pronounce his name, I think. Lingo versus uh Bagdasarian. Sure. Bagdasarian, very exciting uh win recently. In his UC debut. Uh Kelleher versus uh Yaya, I like it again, better in matchup. And this is a funny one. Uh William Knight versus Ed Herman.
0: No, no.
1: Oh, just oh no. he's ro- roast God, he's roasting people. Guys, you're getting roasted. Steven is roasting oh. you.
0: That's not, I mean, that's a ter- That's not that's not a roast, but I mean it's just like what is the point of that? Like Ed Herman Look, is, needs.
1: You know, Ed Steve, Herman, you know what,
0: Steve. You know what sucks is is uh, I'm the one who's going to get the mail about this on the show. <laughs> You're not getting the. Feed. And You're I, not get no, the feed. yeah, I, none of the responsibility. I, all of the uh, passing, all of the offense. I'm passing.
1: Yeah. I'm screenshotting all these messages that get sent to me and sending them to you. All right, yes.
0: Ugh.
1: Uh at Derek Hotstuff on uh on Twitter, hate Ed
0: Herman so much. <laughs> at
1: Derek Hotstuff on Twitter says <laughs> he said early Mads Burnell versus his Makulov or Joel Alvarez. And I said, I assume you mean uh Mark Madsen here. So uh yeah, I just <laughs> <Mads> <laughs> Hey, look, he had a great win over Sanchez. If you yeah. if he's able to parlay that into a new UFC deal and a fight yeah. with <laughs> Damirez as yeah. or uh, Joel Alvarez, more power to him. Yeah. Uh, but no, he obviously meant Marco Manson. Uh, Jake Salki, I want to give Jake Salki some time here. Uh, probably to cut a little bit short. He like Brahimaj versus Jeremiah Wells. He says that's his favorite matchup, uh, possible matchup. And Kenanier. he just he says Jared Kenanier versus Israel Adesanya, uh, he says, well, they'll have to wait to see what happens with Whitaker. But uh, he just loves the matchup, it's very technical. And he says he thinks he's for sure earned a shot. I think we agree if Kenanier could wait an infinite amount of time he just can't. I think we agree. It'd be, it'd be a great fight, but um, I just don't know if that's happening. Uh, Brett Mobley had some matchups, but most importantly, uh, by the way, Brett Mobley, go CSU Rams. Uh, this event was, he says, was a reminder: the UFC has become overbloated with the number of cards. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone. <laughs> I don't see anyone disagreeing with that. Wait, is this the matchmaker column, or is this the business of MMA? I, I've got. I don't know. Sometimes it blurs. Uh, Hayes, the third again. I, I can't read all these now. Um, but Bahamundas versus Kama Worthy. Uh, Vince Pichel yep. versus the Leonardo Santos, Alexander Hernandez winner. I like that. Santos, I think, makes a lot of sense, too, um, if he beats Hernandez. So that, I'd probably lean more towards that. Steven Brighter, I think, good matchup. Madsen versus Matus Gamrot. I like that. Almost the end of the Twitter fix here. Um, Barry O'Reilly, Kelleher versus Adrian Yanez. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the description here. He said, step up an experience uh, opponent. And if Kelleher derails the Yanez hype train... Then he should get the chance to do the same to O'Malley. So, yeah, yeah, I think I that's, that's I think
0: that's a solid matchup. I like that uh,
1: one. And he likes a uh, Pachel versus uh, a So there you go. Uh, Hot take: Higgins has a question for us, Stephen. Mm. Uh, God, this thing's such a long. Okay, I mean, uh, let's try and keep this concise. This is going to sound conspiratorial of me, but do the company guys like DC have an interest in certain prospects winning, i.e., Dana guys? He's maybe I'm biased because Porter's from my home state, but I feel like DC was watching a different fight. I thought Porter dominated uh and just looking forward to today's show uh consp- conspiracy steven you're again you're
0: you're you're an investigative reporter is a uh, is there a conspiracy here so so is he saying is he asking whether or not let, hang on so uh, uh, maybe he thinks uh uh, 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 uh uh chase sherman is a is a dana white guy and that's why the no <laughs> no no I think simple um, I just he, he, think that I just think that there's ahead, a yeah. lot of recency bias when you watch yeah, yeah. you know when when you watch some of these and and they get attached to certain things and yes. it's a very human thing to watch something and to get attached to it if it looks uh, uh impressive I notice this myself I was thinking about this last night when I was doing play by play. A lot of times I will get attached to a certain fighter based on certain things. And I will start looking for other things. It's like mm-hmm. a, a form of confirmation bias. Yep, yep. Where, we all have
1: bias. We all have bias.
0: Yeah. And it's hard. Like w- when you're judging a fight, it's it's a particularly challenging thing oh, and commentating a fight too, because both of them in theory are supposed to be neutral. One of them, you provide color in terms of like the techniques on display. And then there's actual play by play where you're describing um, the techniques and overarching stuff. So, um, but when you're seeing something happen in real time, something that's taking place so fast with so many different techniques, there's a tendency to latch on to certain things. And I, I would say you'd have more of an argument if you were looking at, uh, uh, one of DC's teammates with, you know, with whom he has much more experience and, and, and knows personally more and knows the style and, everything like that i, I i'd say that you, you might have an argument there but as far as like chase sherman being a dana white guy i don't know uh, <laughs> i think he was using that I no disrespect no, he... to chase no, sherman, no but he's like I... he's, he's a guy who's working his way up and i assume... you know he also looked good at the at the beginning of the fight
1: yeah I, I assume mr higgins here was referring to other fights not this one in particular just kind of asking why the commentary is sometimes off i'll just say i think he's also picked up uh Daniel cormier that is has picked up some of the worst habits of joe rogan which is, is kind of, you touched upon latching onto a narrative. And again, like I said, you might have to do it uh, just because again, when you're doing commentary, there's so much stuff to focus on. It, it's, you know, once you latch, once you see something happen you're kind of just focused on that one thing and that's how you kind of get through the You commentary. frame everything yeah, through yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I think Joe Rogan has done that a lot, probably to not a, not a positive degree. And I think Cormier has picked up some of that sometimes, but he's, I do feel like he does better when he's with like a Paul Felder and with like a John Anik and, and uh, not with his frat boy buddy. Uh, Joe Rogan but again uh, that's we could criticize that commentary all day um, but thank you for the question Hot Take Higgins uh, a couple more from Twitter Dustin Gedko likes Brahimaj versus Mike Perry and semi-casual MMA jumping in with uh, Bahamondes versus Jeremy Stevens he says uh, great for Stevens if he gets a win but I'd love for Bahamondes to send him to Bellator harsh harsh
0: these are the kind of people that listen to our show Steven. But wait, I'd love for Bahamandez to send him to like Bahamandez
1: to Bellator. No, that Bahamandez would beat Jeremy Stevens and send him to Bellator. Ouch. Harsh. Harsh. <laughs> uh, I'll go to Instagram now to wrap things up here. Uh, this is where the, it gets really wild. Uh, so, okay. uh, and guys, always great suggestions, but I'm, I'm not going to read everyone. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, I think, is a first timer. Uh, likes Roy Val versus Bontarin. I love that. I just don't think we see Bontarine at flyweight anymore. I think his days are over. Maybe Roy Val goes up to 135, but that just doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Bahamondas versus Ricky Glenn, Gastelum versus Brendan Allen. Hmm. And for some reason, they're really insistent on getting our thoughts on, uh, I'm going to leave this one to you. Uh, Tanner Bozer (laughs) and Alonzo Mennefield. Apparently they're saying they, maybe they must have messaged Mike or something, because it's the first message I have from them, uh, that they really want to see Tanner Bozer versus Alonzo Mennefield. They just want some thoughts on this fight could take place at heavyweight or light heavyweight. I can't, I don't think Tanner Bowser wants to cut the light heavyweight.
0: I, no. I don't know. Steven, do you want to get? do you have anything to say about this? Wait, Alonzo Menafield is fighting at light heavyweight right now. Yes, correct. So they are in different divisions. They're in different divisions. So why are we why are we doing this? I th- this person is really is insisting on getting our thoughts on it. I actually say, thought Tanner Bozer might be an uh, 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 an opponent for Parker Porter. Sure. Uh, unless he he wouldn't want it as, as much. Uh, Um, that would be a a less attractive matchup to him, but, um, they kind of have similar trajectories at the moment in heavyweight, um, Alonzo Medifield versus Tanner Boser. I I think that Alonzo is kind of hot and cold. And when he's really hot, he's, he's very good. I think he beats Tanner Boser pretty handily. Um, but Tanner's just such a grinder, Mm -hmm. um, And he probably wouldn't, you know, they'd probably be about the same size um, if they're fighting at heavyweight. Alonzo's probably just not cutting, right? So yeah. um, Yeah, if we're in fantasy world,
1: sure. (laughs) Evan Rodriguez, I will give you two points, two ought no points if that matchup gets made. Okay, there we go. You wanted us to talk about it? Make sure you send Steven a nice message. Uh, uh, Steven, your DMs are open on Twitter, right? No, don't okay. don't. Nobody send me any messages. I don't <laughs> so, want to hear it. At Steven on Twitter. Oh my God. And tell him and thank him, because I, I don't have a lot to say about that matchup. But if it gets made, the uh, no points are all yours, my friend. Uh, Michael Conifrey, a regular contributor, says: uh, First of all, never bet against a female Brazilian fighter, unless it's Bech and he he believes he is quoting uh, Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Uh, I don't know if my edition I don't know if my edition of The Art of War has that Ooh, in it, but uh, right. maybe it's a bit of a paraphrase. Um, uh, Nunez versus Alexis Davis. Obviously, he was talking about Nunez. Uh, so, uh, uh, yes, Josiah Nunez, Alexis Davis, Alexis Davis, and um, Austin Lingo versus Mike Grundy, which I liked. Oh, he has some stupid pun. He said, "Guess the judges were here in the Lingo tonight." I shouldn't have read that. one Chakramanov uh, <laughs> versus Said Nurmagomedov. Dagestan versus Uzbekistan, uh, and or sorry, sorry, the other way around: Uzbekistan versus uh, Dagestan. Uh, Madsen versus Moises, and he I wants to about see, that one too. Yeah, he wants to see. I should have saved this one for last. Um, this is there's only one matchup to make for Parker Porter one that gives him a chance of redemption, a rematch 13 years in the making. The stars are aligned to make it happen. Give me John Jones versus Parker Porter two five round pay per view main event. He says the co main can be uh Conor McGregor versus Josh Fabia. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned him. I, <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, yes. um, I am
0: dying to see Fabio in the octagon. Oh, well, my, goodness. The my goodness.
1: My uh, goodness. You two are pals, right? Um, <laughs> Parker <sighs> Parker Porter and John Jones. Uh, yes, they did fight back in 2008. Uh, and John Jones knocked him out in 36 seconds. But so much has changed. So much has changed. Um, Matt Bradbury coming up with a lot of great picks. I'll just read a few here that I like. Austin Lingo versus Sean Woodson. Uh, Parker Porter versus de um, uh, DeLima. Ready to go DeLima. So there we go. Oh, Jerry mm-hmm. DeLima. Excuse me. And... Uh, uh, there's a, so he pulled a Zach Cummings card he said, but he wants Cummings for, for Calvin Gaston. So thank you, Matt Bradbury. Tristan Gordette, okay, yeah. regular listener and watcher of our shows. Uh, Madsen versus Otman Azetar. Uh said, I don't think the UFC will give Madsen a ranked fighter like Gillespie, who we called out after. Plus, he th- he thinks Ridell's got that fight. And uh Riddell's ranked number 13. So just gets explaining, you know, he kind of used process of elimination there, which I like. Um, MMA heads coming in with Cockrump. My pronunciation of uh, this guy's name is getting it's worse. Slowly, it's getting, it's getting worse and worse. <laughs> Kakramanov, Kakramanov versus Randy Costa.
0: Too soon? No, but I mean, I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. And Costa wants that to get to get back on the on the win column. Uh, William Knight versus Tyson Pedro, who has not competed since 2018. He was booked earlier this year
1: or in 2020. I think earlier, oh, earlier in February. He was booked in like February and that fell through for some reason. Um, Bahamondas versus Matt Favola, uh, Ramiz Brahimaj versus uh, Diego Lima. So again, Stephen, again, see, you see these guys got some deep cuts. These Seriously deep cuts, cut, yeah. I, I, they're way ahead. This is why I do this section because uh, no stone will be unturned with the listeners of this show. Uh, we have a regular named Just Call Me Bob, who leaves very long messages. I won't read out the whole thing. He had two practical suggestions, um, uh, Marco Madsen versus Jim Miller and Parker Porter versus Chris Burnett. And then he said, uh, okay, first up, he said, I'll no, read this one. Picking for Cannoneer sucks. Only top 10 guy without a fight is a notch in his belt already. He's the obvious number one contender. That's the easy way out. What do we do? He says Cannoneer versus Musasi. <laughs> he says, he says Jerry, Jerry Jones and Jimmy I'm Johnson. Get Mads Burnell. I'm gonna get <laughs> Mads Burnell. Uh Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson have made up recently. I think Dana and Scott will too and co-promote. Uh yeah, definitely not. But uh, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> and that would be that would be a great fight. Uh question for you, Mike. Uh, we're almost at the end here from Stephen Oh my gosh. How many times did I call you, Mike, on the show? I'd say a half dozen, maybe. That's it's it's it's. I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna listen to it back after. I'm just gonna catch them all. Um, I'm not editing. I'm not editing them out.
0: Though. No, don't. They keep uh, out, <laughs>
1: Buffalo gums on Instagram just wants to know: uh, Gasoline versus Holland. If they were both on short notice, uh, Stephen, who wins? Uh, both on a week's notice. I'm sorry, very specific. Uh, who wins?
0: Gasoline versus Kevin Holland. Yes, week's notice. Let's just say they fight it. I don't know. I mean, neither guy cuts weight. Let's get Let's make it a two Oh five. So currently, so currently like in, like right now and at, at this moment, in you know time, what, let's say they were added to the,
1: the, of this upcoming Vegas card.
0: 35, Vegas yeah. 35 um, G- Gastelum because Gastelum, listen, um, he, he's at the point now where he's risking getting released from contract. So he's going to give uh, he's going to give Holland the Marvin Vittori special uh, as they call it in the industry. And yeah, um, you know, actually, you know, use his wrestling, um, and, and take him down and, and grind out a decision. That's, that's hard to deny.
1: Uh, I, I would also pick, yes, no, I would also pick Gaston. I just, I just think he's a better fighter. I just think all around with, with the wrestling, even, even the striking, I think he's a very good striker and, uh, the, the pace he put on Hall, that would be too much, uh, trip Harper, uh, our friend of a friend of ours now from new England, he just wants to say, uh, he loved the card. He said he thinks there was four guys from the Massachusetts, New England area. So he's a little biased. Um, he was asking us why we weren't more jazzed about it. Again, it was a card. I, I enjoyed it. We won't be talking about it two weeks from now. Um, he thinks Pantoja should be next for the title shot. Uh, what? Oh, no. Panto- oh, sorry. He says Pantoja, he uh, shouldn't be next. He wants to see the Ascar eliminator. Um, Vince Pichelle, he says against anyone in the lightweight division casting a very wide net here. I will not get points for this. Uh, he just says he's so gritty and that mustache. I mean, come on. And then uh, he says, is there anything else to say about Clay freaking Guida legend? He can have anyone he wants. He, he won that fight, terrible decision. And he says, so I am not matching. So uh, Trip Harper refraining from matching for the Olympian, Marco Madsen, he does not believe he won the fight. And I will end with an, an old friend, Jay Steiner. Stephen, uh, Steven, when we start when Mike and I started the show, we had like maybe two or three suggestions a week. And Jay Steiner was one of them. He's been he's been noticeably absent. So happy to hear him check in. He actually volunteered to co-host the show. So he was he was the, se- the second choice behind you, Steven. Um, so thank you, Chase, for checking in. I'll just read these real quick. Night well, Should night. Have versus, gone with Chase, honestly. <laughs> stop it. Knight <laughs> versus uh, I, well, I, I or as I would have called him Mike like 20 times. Knight um, yeah. versus Eric Anders, Nunez versus Vanessa Mello, Pachel versus Tiago Moises. I think it's a really strong pick. Um, he says that Pachel's 38 years old, three fight win streak, give him a top 15 opponent, see if he sinks or swims. And then uh, uh, he didn't want to match up for uh, uh, Kokromanov for the reasons I said before, missed weight. And then Madsen versus Close. He said, uh, still need to see a more dominant win from Madsen before he gets a top 20 fight. So very sensible matchmaking and welcome back Jay Steiner. And thank you everyone. Uh, and thank you, Stephen, for uh, patiently sitting through those and uh, providing your insights. Um, guys, you can reach me. Uh, send me suggestions, please, at Alexander K. K Lee on Instagram at Alexander K Lee on Twitter and alex.lee.ESPNation. Uh, dot com. If you want to email me your suggestions,
0: uh, do not reach out to Stephen. Leave Stephen alone. <laughs> I can no. I can be reached at um, Alexander K Lee at <laughs> Gmail.com. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, please. And then
1: if you guys, if you need to, if you can find Stephen, send him a compliment and thank him for for guesting on the show and for giving so much attention to your questions and your suggestions. Uh, uh, Mike, and Mike, like I said, is on vacation. Please send him nice messages on uh, Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR and on Instagram at M underscore Heck Jr. Uh, sorry, JR. Just send him, yeah, send him nice messages to make sure he's, he's having a good time out there. Steven, we come to the end. Uh are you ready for next You're gonna be you're gonna do next week's show too, right? Um,
0: no. <laughs> I'm not <But> We have
1: <laughs> hold, aren't you excited about next week's quasi uh ultimate fighter 29 finale, though not yeah, though, though, finale? to the non-tough finale we were just talking about? Which right now looks like uh Robosa and Giga Chikadze in the main event, amazing main event. I don't think anyone will disagree with that. No. And then we've got, you know, for the folks who are watching Tough 29, you got Brian Battle, Gilbert Abena in the middleweight tournament final, Ricky Tercios and Brady Heaston in the bantamweight tournament final, Kevin Lee uh, going up to 170 to fight Daniel Rodriguez, uh, uh, also from the Ultimate Fighter this season, Andre Petroski and Michael Gilmore. And then uh, a fight that a a lot of people on our show actually were calling for for the longest time. Uh, Mahmoud Muradov versus Gerald Mearshart. Muradov, I think, going for like his 15th straight win or something like that. Uh, The card's probably still being finalized. What we see in the prelims so far. Sam Alvey, Wellington Terman. Dustin Jacoby versus Darren Stewart. Jamal Emmers versus Pat Sabatini. And a handful of other fights that I'm I'm varying degrees of confirmation. Um, J.G. Aldrich versus Devanes Estimopoulos. And Alessio Di Chirico, Abdul Razak, Al-Hassan. So I'm looking forward to this card as one of the 12 people who watched *Guild fighter this season <laughs> I'm, with more emotional investment. Than I am you, gassed for it. I am gassed for it, but I mean, uh, I, I almost can't wait, but it is later next weekend, guys. Uh, Steven, I really, again, I really can't thank you enough for chipping in here. I know it, it was a long show. Um, they're going to kill me. Whoever has to edit any of this, but I don't think we have to, because I think it was a flawless show other than me messing up your name, like 15 times. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think
0: you did great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Asim, uh, any parting thoughts? Um, I guess, I mean, is, I mean, is this like between the links where like yes. we talk about a note? Plug, plug yourself, plug anything you got coming up. Be on the right side of chokes. That's ah. what I'm going to say. If Check your mechanics. Make sure you're on the right side. Is this sure message, for, is this right message for anyone specific? Is this just general? No, this is just any referee out there. <laughs> just make sure you're on the right side of the choke. When they set it up, listen, it's very hard. I'll go back to that class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I failed that class. It's very Mm -hmm. hard to do, uh, to be a good referee in this sport. Things move so fast, and there's so many different techniques. And the way that they move around the cage, using these techniques as they Mm -hmm. flow through technique Mm -hmm, to technique, mm -hmm. it's extremely difficult to be exactly where you need to be at every moment. To say nothing of the random just one-shot KOs where somebody drops and you got to get there in seconds flat. So Herb is, you know, I, I Herb actually did something we, we were talking, God, it was, I can't remember who it was, but he, he stopped a fight that everyone was calling saying was stopped too soon. And, oh, it was the fight, um, recently, not recently. Yeah. It was O'Malley versus, um, a Moutinho. Yeah. Mutino. Yeah. I had no problem. I thought with that he stoppage. did the right thing there.
1: I had no problem with that stoppage. Yeah. And the, the, I'm
0: sure I'm I'm revisiting it. I'm sure you guys have talked this through yeah, yeah, no. to death, but I but I, get, I, get I want to stay on the record. Yeah. He did the right thing. Sure. He was right there when he needed to be um and you know th- this is a if you're getting it right more than wrong, uh you're probably doing a good job. Herb I think has had some some reaction issues as mm-hmm. of late and this mm-hmm. was one of them where he was just off. Um but it look it's it's tough to find a good referee. It's tough to find a referee who doesn't, you know, mess things up. Yeah, look, these um, are these are criticisms out of, of love and respect yeah at and i would respect. say if uh you know i want to you know for one the regulatory tip nevada release your salaries thank you yes thank yes thank you steven drop that mic. uh yes people look uh fighter pay is
1: persistent issue we talk about a lot uh and and we you know guys we do it for a reason not to just look out for the fighters but because it's such a distraction and at the end of the day as we always say the show mma is supposed to be fun that's why we do this particular show and I would like to think that's why most of you guys keep up with MMA. So uh, MMA is supposed to be fun. And uh, Mike Heck will be back next week uh, t- to bump me to bump me out of these lead hosting duties. Thankfully, because again, I've probably done, you guys heard me way too much. And uh, uh, that's that's real I say. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you again, Stephen, for being here. And uh, join us next week again uh, as we wrap up this episode of what a smooth and what a smooth outro. As we wrap up this episode of I've always wanted to do this on to the next one. The podcast.